Hello, hello, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. Your always authentic and readily ridiculed Chicago Bears podcast. We finally have a win. We have yeah. a win, Reese. How you feeling this week? Good. You know, bought the Super Bowl tickets, so we're all squared <laughs> Did away Did you attend there. the parade? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the you statue know, they put it, up? Eberflus, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's Eberflus scratching his head like he was in the yeah. Broncos game. Oh. Just at the press conference, you know. What? Can, can you explain that? Can you say it again? Um, <laughs> oh, man. I wish all... I was kidding, though, man. It, uh, it, it has looked like a little bit of a, a Super Bowl parade all through Bears Twitter this past week. I mean... Not th- not to rain on anybody's happiness. I do think that it was a really good game, and we'll get to that in a minute. But as you said to me, Reese, in a text uh, this past weekend, you would have liked to, this to be a little more uh, business as usual. Instead, they have Justin Fields in a post-game interview with like <laughs> Richard Sherman and <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> and all these different people saying that the Bears fans are the best fans in the world. I'm like, man, this, this seriously well, I mean, looks to be like... Fair, that's the protocol for the Thursday night football games, though. They always bring oh, them. Okay. Yeah. See, if you are a regular Thursday night football fan like me, you know they always bring uh, like a player of the game onto the set. But uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I would say after after Thursday, I have some like cautious optimism. You know, I think that's yeah. the way I want to put it. You know, I'm cautiously optimistic if they can offensively kind of keep this up throughout the rest of the year. I mean, obviously they'll pick up some more wins, like without a doubt. Um, And also, you know, you'll be feeling great about fields. And I think before I say anything negative, I want to say that really the best case scenario, right, is Justin Fields works out and, you know, we have a high draft pick from Carolina and probably still another at least at least top 10 pick from the Bears, you know, and, and things are good. You can do a lot with that and also have Carolina's what? Uh, second round draft pick as well or we have our own second round draft pick I can't remember but you know either way we got a lot of draft capital that's going to be high up on the board um, if Justin Fields can work out we'll see you know I'm not trying to go you know fully one side or the other I'm not trying to go full full meatball take or anything like that um, but there's plenty of podcasts I'll do that for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I think that it's good to be excited, good to be happy about the win. And like the way things have shaken out, you know, as far as some news this week, uh, you know, not, it's not a huge spoiler at this point, you know, Justin Jefferson is going to go on IR, you know, the bears are getting healthier. So looking forward, it's like, yes, there are these winnable games. Um, at the same time though, I, I think that, you know, the way that the bears found success against the commanders, well, it was impressive. I think a good team can, can really try to, to at least make them adjust, make the Bears adjust yeah. and not make the game that easy for them. Well, you, I mean, the game plan clearly this week for Minnesota is to limit the effectiveness of DJ Moore. I think exactly. that the, the, so like realistically, this ball is going to need to be spread out more. The only receiver with a catch was DJ Moore. Darnell Moon, both Dar- Darnell Mooney. Saying Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Dar- Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, overall, I think that he was partially responsible for some of those incompletions. Uh, Justin and him just need to get on the same page a little bit more. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to blame Darno Mooney, but, you know, it, it is true that, um, you know, he could be 
performing a little bit better in certain regards in terms of when he chooses to make certain decisions. I think that's what is so special about DJ Moore and like something that I've even grown to appreciate more, more of more is just his ability, <laughs> just his body control. He just seems like such a fluid receiver and natural receiver, which can't be said about every player, you know, um, like Chase Claypool, we just traded away. Like he is someone that when you watch him play, he has all the aspects about him. He's got the speed, he's got the size, but at times it just doesn't look, the game doesn't look as natural to him. Um, where DJ Moore, it's the opposite. The other thing I have to say, man, is DJ Moore is a lot speedier than I thought he was um, when he came to this team. Like he is pretty elusive and speedy. Yeah, the yards after catch are, are a massive help. Um, and I think that's something that we talked about throughout the offseason is, you know, it seemed like sometimes last year Justin Fields was having to work too hard. You know, players just weren't – receivers weren't getting any yards after the catch. You know, all of it was air yards. And you can't – that's not a sustainable way to play. Like, you need those playmakers, you know, DJ Moore to make those kind of plays. And he has been, like, you know – well, they weren't necessarily short passes that he took. He took like some medium passes, you know, 10 to 20 yards down the field and and made him into, you know, 40 plus yard plays. So yeah. he's been insane. I mean, this was a crazy game. I think, you know, obviously his Bears fans were not used to having a receiver go off um, like that. So I think, you know, it, it's great. I wish I could say that DJ Moore was going to go ahead and put up, you know, another 200 burger and, and multiple touchdowns this next week. But I think kind of what you had let off with Austin, you know, I think it's got to be a focal point moving forward. You know, got to get Darnell Mooney involved. And then then they really have to figure out, like, how are we getting other receivers involved in the game as well? I think you know, aside from Darnell Mooney, like we know that he'll probably eventually show back up. Like we've seen enough of him play in the past that he's yeah. been a very good player, but you know, how are we working Tyler Scott into things? Is Equinemius St. Brown going to be a bigger part of the passing game? It can't be all DJ Moore. I know Komet has kind of picked up his, his passing production as well, or his, you know, production in the receiving game. But we need something else like, you know, teams are just going to eventually start to bracket um, DJ Moore and they're going to force you to go somewhere else. What I can say, though, is that you can really build a lot off that. Like that's that's the one benefit is like once teams start allocating two defenders or safety in a court, you know, it's it, it really does allow for the rest of the game to open up. I know that we're going to be short on running backs, but I mean, once that starts yeah. to happen, it's it tends to be a better time to start getting that run game involved, quarterback run game or uh with the actual running backs. So, um all good things. <laughs> Not trying to spoil any excitement here. Uh 40 to 20, man, it it really it it was one of it started very similarly to the Broncos game and then they just kept their foot on the on the gas you know and that was the difference here is like this is the most complete game I've seen Luke Getze call as an offensive coordinator uh, and I'll even say you know Matt Eberflus obviously is a head coach he deserves some credit here um, defensive performance was better too the main 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 thing that I've seen that I've really appreciated offensive line looked a lot better a lot, oh, absolutely. way better than I expected. I thought it was going to be a substantial issue. Cody Whitehair, while he obviously had some snapping issues, um, overall, I thought he played well at center. Tevin Jenkins getting back in, obviously not in every every single rep. He was kind of rotating in. Man, he looked really good. 
And, uh, you know, Larry Borum held up well enough. Obviously, he's going to be kind of an issue there until Braxton Jones returns. I've heard some competing uh, opinions about this floating around. I think that if I were a Bears fan, I would not expect Darnell, sorry, not Darnell, uh, Braxton Jones stint on IR to be as quick as Kyler Gordon's or um, Tevin Jenkins. I think that could be more of a longer lasting thing. Um, I, I think there is a chance we see him again this season. I, I think we probably do, but I, I don't think it's going to be one of these four game situations. I think this could span a little, a little longer. Yeah, which is certainly unfortunate, but I think having Tevin Jenkins back is, yeah, that was a big boost. Um, and like you said, even though he wasn't out there, um, you know, for every play of the game, still a little bit limited, easing him back in. You know, it, it was certainly a good start, a good way to get things back going. Now, if he can stay healthy the rest of the year, I think along with the way that Darnell Wright's been playing, you know, Nate Davis, I mean, even too, like Nate Davis wasn't necessarily spectacular, but I think like they kind of, as far as average, like talent and their ability to play with each other, certainly good enough. I mean, I thought that that offensive line was going to get worked overall game. For the most part, they did a really solid job in pass protection. Justin Fields had you know, more than enough time uh, on most, you know, dropbacks. So that was really strong. And, you know, to give credit to the other, you know, side of the ball in the trenches, you know, this Bears team basically doubled their sacks plus a little more and pressures too. So it was a lot better. They picked up their blitz rate significantly for that game against the commanders. Now that's another thing too, where I'm like, I think that they kind of caught the commanders a little bit off guard. They weren't expecting that. The Bears haven't hadn't shown that all year. So it's one of those things that moving forward, it's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't can shouldn't expect exactly the same output. But it was good to see the positive results for once. Like each side yeah. of the ball, I think, definitely had their strong points. Um I know that on our own Austin, we've talked a little bit about some of the play of the secondary. They got down yeah. deep in the depth chart uh, in this game, banged up real quick. Um, but they played really well. Terrell Smith um, with the punch out, huge play. I mean, overall, I think the play of – and, of course, Strowman, he had a great play too. Yeah. Ends up getting banged up. I know we talked about his injury <laughs> history as well too. So <laughs> We just talked about know. him on the last podcast. That was funny. Yeah, exactly. So – Good things all over, though, if we're being honest. Yeah, and don't want to be too overly optimistic. The one thing that I'll say that I've been pleasantly surprised with with, with both – I think it's a both a coaching thing and a front office thing uh, with Matty Bufloos and Ryan Poles. They've done a tremendous do- job with the depth of these DB rooms. I mean, even during the Fangio era, like sometimes when we lose a DB, we're just screwed. <laughs> we're like flat-out yeah. screwed. And guys that – even guys like Jalen Jones, who played pretty well in stints last year, have been pushed back in the depth chart by just random guys they pick off, pick up during the offseason, like Greg Stroman, who looks really natural there at, at nickel, uh, being a backup nickel there. Who Also, Greg Stroman, I will give a shout-out, obviously had like a lot of injury issues early in his career. Looks the part uh, as far as a backup nickel uh, should be and, and seems to be a plus player there. Um Good thing, good news is it seems like we're actually going to be getting some of these DBs back. I mean, we were really shorthanded. It looks like Jalen Johnson's coming back. It looks like Kyler Gordon's going to be back. It looks like Eddie Jackson's going to be back. So this is a big, 
big pickup in talent on this defense defensive back room. I really would like to see that translate this next week into another, you know, fairly good defensive performance. I truly believe if this Bears defense, we don't need them to be the 2018 Bears, right? This offense, like, has shown that it can be really good in spurts. And I just, if you can hold teams under, you know, 25 points a game, I think you'll win a good amount of games this year. Yeah, that seems to be the magic number, which was ever so elusive, um, you know, coming into this game. Of course, they're giving up 25 points in almost every game, which is why they're losing. But it does seem like that's a good kind of measure for success for the defense, which is not a super high standard to hold. But I think, yeah, you know, a turnover or two and keep them under 25 points is at least going to put this offense in in position. And if they can stay out of their own way, then, you know, you're looking at having some more success. Um it's going to be about repeating it. I think so much for the offensive success on the defensive side of the ball too. Like it's going to be about consistency moving forward. Like every NFL team can kind of have these couple of games where they pop off a little bit. You got to keep this up. Other teams are going to adjust. So like you said, like inherently, you know, DJ Moore having a massive game does give you an advantage. Now you got to utilize though and adjust on your own end um, and make sure you can kind of be a little bit, more you know have an anticipatory play calling which i think that getsy has had it since the broncos game you know he kind of yeah. was able to anticipate he even started using screens correctly which was amazing instead of trying to force the screen game to work so you know overall i think things are starting to come together now we get into our second divisional matchup of the year with the vikings who's kind of a little bit opposite of the Bears. They're starting to drop off a little bit as far as player health. They have the same record as the Bears. It's really kind of odd to me to kind of zoom out in a kind of a league-wide picture for a second. There's a lot of teams that are really just bad. There's a lot yeah. of bad teams this year in yeah. the NFL. Um, Seriously. It, I mean, there's a, whether not it a lot be of... For a t- even like a lot of the good teams, like that have been fairly good over the past, you know, five years. Cowboys taking step back, Vikings taking a step back. Not that the Vikings were ever good, but they were competitive and they could win some yeah. games. Packers obviously took a huge step back, which we will talk about in a minute. Don't we're gonna run our little victory lap there in a minute. Don't you worry about that. Oh but, my goodness. Um, really, the only teams that have kind of came into this year and performed as expected. Were probably the 49ers, the Lions, the Eagles, even Kansas City to an extent has kind of been knocked off the rocker a little bit at times, um, playing bad teams closer than they probably should. It's uh, it's wide open. It's seriously wide open, it and is, uh... you know it, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how things go out if the Bears have any time that they want to really jumpstart this offense and jumpstart this defense, this is the time to do it because even at one and four, you look down the schedule and you're like, if they could translate this, you might be able to figure out a way to sneak in, which, you know, this is like the easiest NFL schedule I've ever seen in my life, which I know it's supposed, I know it's supposed to be because they did have the worst record. So that's how it works. But you're right. You just go on your phone right now, look at the rest of the games and man, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, you, you got to be able to win some of these. I mean, come on. It's there's some gimmies in there. I know the Bears seem like a gimme team in their own right, but mm-hmm. with how the play's been across league wide, I think it boils down to quarterback position. I'll, honestly, I think there's so many teams that have like a question mark or are a little unsure at quarterback. And mm-hmm. like, you know, we lost some of the 
the faces of the league at that position over, you know, kind of the past decade and a half or so since like, you know, the mid two thousands. And now I think the rest of the league is trying to correct, you know, and a lot of these young quarterbacks drafted recently have just not been working out flat out. I mean, there's a good Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence has been good, but he hasn't been great. And that's kind of the, the issue I think for the Jaguars right now is like they're really waiting on him to take that next step and he still hasn't really done it. He's still kind of chugging along. Not to disparage the Jaguars, I think, or Trevor Lawrence. I think he can still be extremely good, but he's kind of treading water a little bit. He didn't he's kind of picking up at where he was last year, not necessarily going beyond and taking that next step. Um outside of that, Justin Fields is really the only quarterback worth mentioning in the past couple years to be honest here like Kenny Pickett has not been playing great um Mac Jones is kind of kind of been benched two weeks in a row now like not really but not kind, kind of, of he has I mean he, he has but he keeps <laughs> yeah, coming he back is. as the quarterback one right. so I, I don't know what to feel about that um Zach Wilson obviously and then uh you know guys like Desmond Ritter have been very mediocre average Sam Howell very mediocre average um it just there, there hasn't I even like the young quarterbacks I, and you know obviously I would say CJ Stroud is well over, exceeded expectations at this point yes. and uh, yeah. and uh, Anthony but, Richardson when he's been healthy actually yeah. has exceeded my expectations as well me too so. I I thought he was gonna end up throwing a ton of picks in his rookie year and while he has thrown some it hasn't been as bad as like Bryce Young to be honest Bryce Young he looks not great right now he does not look very good um and that's been a big part of this panther struggle is bryce young's performance and you know who who knows what's going to happen there that that's a team that looks like it could definitely just start completely melting down and having all the wheels fall off um of which i guess quarterback we didn't Bears. talk about was brock purdy yeah i mean He's been way at some point. We're just gonna have to first round picks. At some point, we're just gonna have to accept that he's at least good. Like, I understand that the system and the weapons around him are doing him a huge favor, but the fact he hasn't lost a regular season game, it's like you got my attention, you know. (laughs) I don't know what the hell happened because he was not that at Iowa State. Like, he was obviously highly recruited at Iowa State and had a good season, but then he just everything just went downhill for him there. So I don't I don't know what happened, but um, man, he's been playing, and it's obviously the, he, he doesn't do it in a pretty way, but he's just he wins, man, he wins. Yeah, he had some of the most like boneheaded plays at Iowa State. Oh know? yeah, of course the one where he just like throws it backwards by himself yeah. and <laughs> swats his own ball to for an interception. Like just I was wild. Like. Funny enough, so I was watch- I saw that on, on Twitter this past weekend, like a highlight reel of that, like Brock Purdy before the 49ers. But I also saw, um, I don't know if you remember this, but the Western Michigan, like where they did the lateral like 30 times and then the other team thought that they oh, yeah. stopped it and rushed on the field and somehow Michigan State maneuvered around players that weren't even playing like on the field and scored the touchdown to win the game. And it was Sky Moore that scored it. Oh, man. <laughs> That that's a piece of football history. That for is a you. classic, right there. Yeah, I know. I know which player you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. 
Um, okay. Well, we have to talk about our rivals in Green Bay as they, they did lose last night. Happy Father's Day to uh, all the Bears fans out there. Man, this might be well the said. the shortest victory lap um, ever conducted by a fan base with Jordan Love because, you know, outside of obviously the first week, he made made enough plays to beat this horrible Bears defense. Um, and then he went on to have another three touchdown performance against the Falcons. He has been to, since that moment, he scored one touch, two touchdowns and thrown six picks. It has been quite frankly, a disaster in green Bay at the quarterback position. Since that's the case, I'm not going to say that defines Jordan loves career, but I think that his recent fallout and Justin Fields recent emergence because at this point Packers fans who all criticize Justin Fields Jordan Love has more picks than Justin Fields right now Justin Fields has more touchdowns than Jordan Love by substantial margin within five weeks um Justin Fields is more love than Jordan Love this is just a reminder to all fans football season's long you know let let things play out don't don't and even to Bears fans right now this week don't run your victory lap before the race is over. You know, don't celebrate while you're waiting at the at, at the finish line, running the finish line, and have the guy next to you race right by you. It's it's a long season, and and teams go through don't slumps a, and high Don't points. block a field goal, return it back, and then slow down five yards before and have it stripped <laughs> bad out of your hands against don't, the Steelers. I, I will ne- I will never understand how the refs came up with whatever call like the the call was with that where somehow the Bears kicked the field goal. That is just that makes no sense to me. Um, but yeah, don't do the Eddie Lacy where he throws the ball out of the out of his hand before he enters the end zone. Um, it's Classic. it's this Jordan Love is who we thought he was and who most people thought he was right now. He also, this is the most insane stat. He's six of 20 uh, in uh, passes past 10 yards, six of 20. And he has all six of his picks or actually five of his picks um, in that time too. He has negative yards over expected, which is just insane. And, and like, this is a, this is a scheme and people are coming at Matt LaFleur. Matt, again, we, we talked about this last year. Matt LaFleur is not to blame for this, but he is going to get the blame because they drafted him. Matt LaFleur has guys wide open. Jordan Love is just flat out missing them at times. And like, I, again, I'm not going to declare victory here, but I think our comps of Jordan Love are very much where he's going to end up, where he's going to be a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr. Um, a player like that, it's hard to not watch last night's game and be like, these players are very similar. Guys that will, even Derek Carr might be a little bit of a stretch because he has a little bit of playmaking ability. My biggest criticism of Jordan Love is he misses some throws and, and makes some errors when he's in the pocket, and then he has practically zero playmaking ability outside of the pocket. He had, he, when I, I'm not going to oversimplify it where people say he's not, he doesn't have an ounce of special, but it's hard to watch his game and see where he actually elevates the team. Yeah. No, I get where you're coming from there. We, we definitely should have had the, the Dennis Green. Uh, they were who we thought they were. We let him <laughs> off the hook <laughs> uh, for, for what you just said there. But um, yeah, I think with Jordan Love, like I'm not going to be, 
be quite as harsh, but I think that it's interesting too, which I think it's probably all like probably not causation. I think it's probably all just correlation um, in this, but it's interesting that, you know, even fields has struggled at times with gutsy. We've looked Mm -hmm. at, you know, what Nathaniel Hackett's doing with Zach Wilson, still not going great over there. Didn't really work out well with, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, of course the, you know, notable for LaFleur and Jordan love. Now it's like, what's with this tree and just kind of breeding, you know, quarterback struggles when it's not Aaron Rodgers. but I know it's all based off the Shanahan scheme. Anyway, like I said, I think that's all just correlation, but it's just odd to see all people that kind of just broke out of green Bay and it's really been limited success. But aside from what we've seen recently from the bears and Justin Fields, you know, having a couple, you know, career outings, um, you know, two games in a row. So, I don't know. I think Jordan Love, you know, I think I said at the beginning of the season, the best case scenario would be that he's like mediocre and they hang on to him for way too long or, or give him too much of a leash and don't really get anything done. And it seems like that could possibly be the case. Uh, the season is long. He's got time to develop. This is his first full season going at it. Um, you'd expect it to be more polished, though. I mean, it's still it's not like he year. wasn't taking any practice snaps. Yeah. Right. It's not like he wasn't taking any snaps in practice through all this. So I think it is concerning. Um, and I think some of the Packers fans know it too. They don't want to admit it. I don't really know how they fall into like this division at this point. You know, they're in a weird place. Like, of course, you know, the, the Bears and the Vikings are, you know, sitting at the bottom with one win. Um, of course, the Packers are above them. And I don't know if like when week 17 comes around, when the Bears get to play him again, or week 18, I guess, technically, when it comes around, I still, I hate that the Packers and the Bears games that were the first week of the season and the last week of the season, because they're both like, they're two of the most random weeks yeah. within the within the league year. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's going to suck the fact that maybe we don't get a proper measuring stick against it. You'd really hope that the Bears are kind of playing better than them at that point. We we were really hoping they'd be playing better at them week one, um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't expect it to go fully off the rails for Green Bay, um, but I think that you're going to have to expect a, a few more outings like this from from Love in the course of the year. Well, I I almost feel like we're taking a very measured approach by comparing him to someone like a Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's had a lot of success in this league and has been good enough to, you know, get to the playoffs for both of those teams. Like, I, I feel like that's at this point, a good comparison for Jordan love just with what he's Blake Bortles. (laughs) That would be, that would be bad (laughs) for them. But like, he is more, his performances and everything, but the first two weeks of the season have been, really poor and this is his like fourth year this is not his first year this is not his second year like he should be held to the same if not a higher standard than justin fields and like people are like oh it's the it's the it's the offensive line like yada 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 i i don't know man just i mean you can't just be always under the perfect offensive line position he had plenty of time to throw in many occasions yesterday and had horrible throws that first pick was the worst pick I've seen in years, probably, to be honest. The second one, it was still on Jordan Love because he threw, uh, he shouldn't have thrown that ball to begin with because the guy was covered and it got, you know, batted up. But I'm not going to put full blame on him. That's, there is an instance of randomness there. But 
Yeah. Well, that's a little bit of the Packers predicament. Well, they have that predicament at quarterback, you know, and trying to get love to perform at his peak, you know, consistently. I think that's the other part of it too, though, is like they're exceptionally young at some positions, like wide receiver, you know, nothing but first and second year players um, for the most part in the wide receiver room. Offensive line? Got Bakhtiari, who hasn't played consistently for seemingly the past half a decade. Um, he's got a big contract. Got some other veteran pieces along there. Some still somewhat young, but coming up on contract year on the defense. They're in a team that's in a really weird position, kind of cap-wise and experience-wise around the team. And in some ways, it's good because they've gotten young and have found some talent. In other ways, it's a negative because they're going to have to move off some of these pieces or they're going to have to extend some of these pieces. Is this something that you're going to commit to long term? So they're in a team that's in a really kind of a weird position. And I think it's kind of somewhat similar, you know, aside from the quarterback being young, somewhat similar to like the Vikings were like when Quezzy took over. And now, you know, I think there's even, of course, they're just rumors, but like, now there's rumors floating around that Kirk Cousins could get traded, so it's. I think I think those are real, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, where there's smoke, there's not always a fire in the NFL world, but you know, there's a little bit of smoke. It's picked up. It makes sense too because, like, this is a team that without Justin Jefferson, and you know, I, they still have talent receiving wise, but without Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins, you know, the running back room, they lost their best running back already. Delvin Cook is gone. This this team is just simply not as talented as it was, you know, last year, <laughs> to be straight I, up. I find, I find the Justin Jefferson situation incredibly interesting. And I, I guess we can start kind of transitioning towards talking about the Vikings. I, I have... I've heard that the Justin Jefferson situation, there's more to his injury right now than probably some people think. Um, this could be a situation where he sits out a little longer than he needs to. Um, and I also find it very peculiar that the best wide receiver in the game over the past two years, for sure, has still yet to get a contract from this team. And I do wonder Ooh. if... This is something kind of similar to when Devontae Adams was on his last contract there where it's the player that's purely like, I, I, I want to wait and see. It's not the team. Um, Again, do I think Justin Jefferson will be leaving the Vikings? Not unless the team's trading them two first-round picks. Maybe even more for a player like that. Um, But I, I certainly view it as something that could be on the table. Yeah, I mean, like, and you figure his contract that he's going to receive is going to be kind of a little bit of the the market reset for, like, we've seen the wide receiver market ramp up, but obviously you think this would be a historic contract, and I think it's just a matter of how historic it is. Um, And I'm sure that he's got a figure in his mind, you know, maybe the team is willing to match it, and like you said, Austin, that he's just, he wants to know what the quarterback situation is going to be, such and such. So... I don't know. There's there's a lot a lot that could happen there. The the Vikings are just in an interesting spot where I feel like they're trying to do a retool without really trying to fully break everything down. It's half baked. It 
And like, not that that can't work, but you kind of have an awkward season like this where it's like, oh, this team really should be better than this, but do you tear it down? Do you sell? So you kind of, you put yourself in this awkward predicament of, you know, what do we do with the talent on this team? Because there is talent on this team, but the issue is that now it's not all over. You know, the defense, there's still some hallmark players on the defense, but it's not like what it was three or four years ago when that defense was loaded. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the defense defense is pretty horrible again, Um, even with – I mean, the defensive line, and we'll get to, again, this in a little bit, but defensive line is hanging in there, but pretty much every other position. The issue for this team is that none of, really none of Kwesi's picks have worked out. Like, yeah. really none of them. I mean, jo- Jordan Addison, I have enough faith that he will work out, and he's shown, you know, he's still going to be a problem on, on Sunday, that's for sure. But, I mean, the overwhelming evidence from Kwesi so far is that he is not good at drafting players and we're not talking about players that are like hey they're like kind of good like but we're still trying to figure out maybe like Kyler Gordon where you're like you see it in flashes but he's not really cemented himself where he should be yet no like these are bad players straight up bad players um that he's drafted and I everyone I on know. my team is a bad person <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. But for those of you who don't listen watch, I think you should leave. You really have to. Oh my god. No, exactly. But um quite see when he gives the Lions uh Jameson Williams and trades down from like the eleventh pick for like a third round pick. I'd say that does the trick. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's very reminiscent like scarily of like the John Gruden and Mike Mayoff draft draft classes. Oh, that's like, so, that's like, such a good comparison. Yeah. Honestly, right? Where it's just like wow. <laughs> yeah. Just the amount this the unsuccess rate is, is crazy and yeah. Just players not being on the team even after a year of playing with them from last year's draft class and yeah, yeah, that's just not going to work, frankly. In this in this NFL, it's not going to work. Well, that, that it's it's going to be really hard to to top some of those uh those Raiders drafts. I mean, they 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 I I am shocked that they have not been as bad as the like the back to like the, you know, 2015 Browns situation. Like I'm shocked that they have not been that bad of a team year in and year out because they have the worst success rate in drafting players that I've probably ever seen. Even uh, Tyree Wilson hasn't even been playing good. He's really struggled, which is not something I expected. I he I think he's got. I mean, these defensive linemen sometimes it takes them a, a couple years to figure it out. You know, I know Bradley Chubb had like a little. Well, now I don't even know if he's a good comparison because he hasn't even been performing that well this past year. But, um. You know, he had like a really good year, his rookie year, and then really tailed off for two years, and then boom, back on the scene, and then gets traded for a first round pick. So, you know, there's still room for that, but oh man, I I do 100% agree with you on the. I I think the Bears dodged for as much as there can be said about, you know, the Chase Claypool trade for Ryan Poles and certain other aspects. I think the Bears dodged a huge bullet (laughs) by avoiding Quessy. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, I think that 
I would take this situation, even as bad as it's been with the 14 straight losses uh, against that. Um, and I think kind of what you're talking about with the edge, I think that it's a fine, I don't think it's as simply put as some people like to do in the draft evaluations where it's, you know, he's an athletic freak. He's going to figure it out. At yeah. least, like you said, like it can take them some a little bit of time to to get into it. You know, maybe a couple of years to to hone in on the techniques, and then the athleticism is able to shine through. But it's like the guys that you routinely Miles Garrett is like the exception to this. But you know, the Nick Bosa or you know T.J. Watt, that are consistently up there leading on Nick Bosa, not so much this year, but you know, in the past few years where they're consistently up there leading, like, you know, the sack title race, if you want to call it, leading the league in sacks. Like, yes, they are good athletes, but they haven't been the, the athletic freak, like, edge rushers that have been taken on the top of the draft, you know, well, type take, deal. Like, take a look at the 2021 draft. You know, you have, uh, God, now I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> Who'd the Jags draft? Oh, Trayvon Walker. Yeah, yeah. you have Trayvon Walker, who... Not to say he's been bad, but he's just not been performing nearly the same as hot as uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. A- Hutchinson, I want to say Hawkinson, Jesus. Uh, Aiden <laughs> Hutchinson, and 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 like a lot of the time, these the athletic freaks obviously tend to have just like the Hall of Fame potential in them, but sometimes teams just way take on way too much risk with their draft picks. I mean, guys like Khalil Mack, they that's a that's an example of a time where it really worked out where he was just a freak athlete and then he was able to hone it in. Um but for the most part, it, these guys that are are more technicians tend to tend to end up working out pretty well, you know? Um Yeah. Or even like I mean, I'd say like for the Bosas and like the Will Anderson like Yeah. Yeah, maybe they exactly. they kind of be through the draft process. They kind of become in a weird way, like the the less sexier pick, you know, because you've seen the production throughout college and you're like, OK, I think I have a decent idea of where the ceiling's at. But it's like he's just a good player. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, the production's going to follow. It's going to be there instead of being like, oh, we're going to have to coach it up. But once we coach it up, like, yeah, then he's going to be excellent, you know, all pro for sure. But it's yeah. like you got to well, get him to that point. You know? Will Anderson so. was a perfect example of that. Or even someone like, you know, I'll even say like a Nolan Smith, who I know like is a really good athlete, but isn't the like size that you typically want out of your edge rushers, um, but still like really good technician there. Like these guys are going to be the better performers out of, out of this edge class. But it's like during draft season, everyone talks them into like the se- – Per, and this happens with all positions. This isn't just edge rushers. Edge rushers is just one example of this. Look at someone like Trey Lance versus Justin Fields. Trey Lance had no business going up, going above Justin Fields. I mean, when Trey Lance was drafted, he played like a grand total of 17 games since high school. I mean, the sample size was so low, and the the level of competition was so low, but you saw you know, the release. You saw the athleticism. You saw all that where you overlook a player like Justin Fields, where not to say Justin was perfect, but had these winning characteristics about him mentally, super strong, mentally, super smart could read defenses. That is one of the weirdest things I've been seeing on Twitter recently that Justin Fields can't read defenses. 
go go pick up the Bill Parcells book or something and and, and go read that from Barnes and Noble and stop watching the game of football because you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> like it's 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 sometimes it's asinine to be honest the way people overlook certain players. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. I mean, the Eagles drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Yeah. No, I mean, like, no, this does happen in every draft cycle. And, you know, yeah, like you said, we, uh, you know, well, we, I know we had watched, but, you know, other listeners out there had probably watched, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields play against each other, you know, at Clemson and Ohio State, you know, in the playoffs. And I can promise you a lot of those same people Definitely didn't watch a single one of Trey Lance's games and maybe had seen Zach Wilson like once, yeah, <laughs> once or twice playing a game at BYU. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that's what it boils down to. It's and you can make yourself fall in love, and we like to throw up these pictures of certain people's RAS score, and, and not that that's a bad way of, of not a totally bad way of going about it, but it's never that simple. You know, if it yeah. was as simple as looking at someone's RAS score, then people would be a lot more successful with their draft picks. And he'd be Quesia so. Dofo Mens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's an analytics person? I, the analytics, I mean, the, I don't understand why teams, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a portion of the evaluation, but the analytics people that come in, into the game and, and become GMs, they just never work out. They truthfully never work out. And they have some of the worst draft records I've ever seen. Who was the Browns head coach um, that was, or not head coach, a GM that was super, super big into analytics? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember yeah. now. That's, he was the one that drafted that's... Manziel and he drafted, yeah, he drafted a bunch of players. I think it was in like 20. Uh, he was the one that, uh, the guy that drafted Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes uh, replaced uh the the bronze under leadership of then general manager drafted uh ray farmer no that's not who i'm thinking of okay uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking I can't help you then. <laughs> yeah so, whoever their their gm was in 2017 i can't remember who it was um but yeah he uh he was he was analytics guy and he was very bad um john dorsey there you go that's the one no no that's who replaced him that's who replaced him one year before that <laughs> John Dorsey <sighs> drafted both Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield. Sashi Brown? Yes, yes, that's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> <laughs> Analytics guru. I, honestly, I can't Sashi even cap. I can't even cap like I remember that name. Honestly, I don't. Oh, know. you definitely would have remembered. You would have remembered him at the podium making these horrible picks. Oh man! Back on the Truth Football podcast, maybe. Yeah, seriously. Hey, we called this all the Raiders stuff that happened. We called it on that podcast. If you guys want to go and search it up on YouTube, you can probably yeah, find it don't. in like the thirtieth page, the channel. Um, but yeah, we were we were back there dropping some dime takes back in twenty eighteen <laughs> when we started this podcast, or not this podcast, that podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, we've already trashed on the Vikings for the past. 20 minutes but might as well get into the game breakdown now uh let's start off with the positions who wins what uh let's start off with the the you know the one that i'm feeling pretty confident in quarterback yeah i'll give it the fields you know 
I mean, I've never been a Cousins guy, unfortunately. I mean, call me a hater. I'll take that label. That's fine. Yeah, I'm not I, a Cousins I, I would guy. hope you'd, you'd pick Fields. Cousins is freaking awful. <laughs> Somehow he leads the NFL in, in touchdowns, though, which I'm just – I I don't even know. usually understand. playing from behind. True. Very true. Um, running back. <laughs> Can I say neither? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with the health of with yeah. the health of the Bears running back cast right now, um, and kind of the way that I, I'll default this to the Vikings. I feel like Madison has a little bit of potential that's untapped. Has Cam Akers? Did he play at all in their last game? I'm sorry, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I didn't watch sure. it to be I'm honest. Kind, I'm kind of a Cam Akers guy. Like, I, you know, I don't really know how that <laughs> all truther? worked out with the Rams. I'm, I'm a Cam Akers truther, baby. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm a big, big fan of the 2022 Rams, man. Big, big Van Jefferson guy. Big Cam Akers guy. <laughs> um, but, Josh Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, with uh, it, that was kind of wild. We didn't talk about that watching a Kyrie Blossom game play running back for the fourth quarter, basically. Yeah, that was an interesting situation the Bears were in. Um, Khalil Herbert's definitely not going to play by the sounds of it. Um, Roshan Johnson, we're going to have to see if he gets cleared out of concussion protocol, so he may or may not play. Um, and Bears signed, did not talk about this, Bears re-signed Darrington Evans. I think he was on the Dolphins practice, someone's practice squad. Um, yeah. Of course, he was on the team last year, so he's back on the team now. Much needed at the moment, Need him in, uh, need him in uniform. He scored a touchdown against us in preseason, which was a little weird to like see him then on this team. Um, again, weirdly enough, but yeah, I don't expect a dog. <laughs> I don't expect a lot from Darrington Evans, to be honest. Um, I, I really think we're gonna see Dante Foreman have a big game. Roshan hopefully can get involved, but Dante Foreman. I think throughout the years, kind of gotten the short end of the stick. To be completely honest, I would have, I would like to see him dress for a few more games. I think that he, once you get him going, man, he's been productive, man. Uh, not just on our team, but pretty much a, a few teams. He'd be great to close out a lot of these games, you know, or especially at least to just rotate him in and out with with Herbert and Johnson. I mean, Herbert's been carrying defenders down the field. I haven't seen Herbert have this power running before it's yeah. crazy how that's worked its way into the season um but yeah just at the end of the game they have someone like Dante Foreman who's just gonna keep it keep it pushing um I, I'm with you I'm been a little bit surprised maybe it's because he's not like a big special teamer but you know still still like to see him out there have we is it fair to say that I feel like I'm a little disappointed so far with Roshan and just how he's played over the past or over the beginning of the season. I don't think he's found like his his rhythm with this offensive line quite yet. I think it's a timing yeah. thing. Okay. You, do you think I it's think a transition between the the gap schemes from college to to NFL? I don't. I think mildly. Yeah, I think it might play a little bit of a role. It just doesn't seem like he's finding the hole quite like someone like Khalil Herbert who is has already adapted and adapted kind of adapted to that in the NFL rather quickly I feel like um yeah he just doesn't seem to have yeah. the same you know 
the same ability to find it. So I, I think he'll get better throughout the year. I think he can be good in the passing game. You know, I'm not expecting him to be an RB1 of this team, um, at, you know, moving forward. To be fair, not many of these uh, running backs this year have really found their groove besides Bijan. Um, I guess it, it can take some time sometimes. Uh, but typically you want to see a big rookie year from a running back. Um, their development is definitely a different track than many other players. Um, okay, yeah, I, I agree with you, running back Vikings. Uh, offensive line, this one I struggled with a little bit. You know, I mean, I think with the health of it, oh, I actually, I was going to say bears, but then I really I, I couldn't get it out of my mouth. Like, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe the Vikings. I mean, I think it's a little bit, considering, like, how the Bears played last week, I think maybe it's close. I'm going to go with the Vikings, but um, I think the Bears, like, this Bears offensive line is not bad. It's not the Bears offensive line of yesteryear. Like, this yeah. offensive line is especially at this level of health is definitely good enough to get the job done. Let me put it that way. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it they to really the start to tailspin. I'm going to give it to the Vikings. Yeah, I, I, I really the, think you can make an argument yeah. for the bears, but Larry Borum, man, I just, some bears fans were kind of, you know, on, you know, supporting him after his last performance, but he's been pretty consist consistently bad uh, and, and missed some assignments. And honestly, I you know if th this offensive line can play the way that it did last week, I I would be apt to say that it's the Bears. But l so far this season, last week has kind of been the anomaly rather than the trend. So uh, I guess I will defer to the Vikings. Tight end. I right, give me the Vi T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah, yeah give me, me the too. Vikings. Uh, wide receiver. Current health, gotta go with the Bears. That's yeah. right, bear down, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree, man. I completely agree. Uh, honestly, even when healthy, I think you could uh, put together some sort of argument that the Bears as a whole. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> you're capping, man. That's that's not true. You're saying that Mr. DJ Moore, Mr. Three Touchdowns, 233 yards, is not good. No, I'll, I'll respect. No, I'll respect the DJ Moore. Like, if we traded for he, Chase Claypool again, <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, only if Chase Claypool is still a roster, that really push more edge. But it's like even with like, okay, so let's say Justin Jefferson is healthy, you know. Jordan Addison, rookie, but has a lot of upside. Osborne, pretty solid. But the Bears, it's just like it's DJ Moore Very true. and, Very and true. Mooney now. You Very know, true. That's all it is. I and forgot about DJ Osborne. The depth, though, is like we really haven't seen it this year from the Bears receiving game. Um, yeah, yeah, simply put. All right, so the Bears only win two of the offensive position groups, which are QB and wide receiver. Uh, defensive line. As all, okay. Um, it's actually uh, pretty, even though there's like some brand names on the Vikings defensive line, the way they've been performing, man, has been very bad. Yeah, I mean, it's like I kind of feel the same way about like the offensive line, right? Where it's like, okay, last week's performance was 
the abnormality. It seems like it seems like the outlier performance. Yeah. So I feel like I'd want to, you know, tip the scales in the favor of the Vikings. But at the same time, you know, confidence is important. You know, maybe now that, you know, they were able to have a successful game, even though it just was only against the Commanders, it was against Sam Howell, they got something working. So I, I'd hope that maybe at the end of the game we can kind of be fully on board with the defensive line. Something tells me we're not going to be. I mean, like, in all fairness, I think we – I don't think there's too much to learn from it other than maybe mixing up some blitz packages or working in more stunts or things like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess I'll default to the Vikings here. Yeah. But I don't think I either agree. units really blow me away at this point. I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I'm interested to see Javon Dexter this game. I thought he had a little bit of a breakthrough performance last week, and they were playing him some and more I, at nose tackle, and he, they were actually kind of switched them up. They switched Zach Pickens back to three technique, and Javon Dexter was playing a lot of nose, and I just felt he, when he was playing nose, it just seemed like his athleticism was allowing him to really take over some of these centers. I think they both play. I think Pickens played better in the three technique, and I think yeah. the plan is to flip him back, so I don't really understand but i think that they wanted to put dexter out because to me it's pretty clear that the best defensive linemen on the team are both billings and dexter and so like the i'm i think the thought was dexter has the versatility let's you know flip him over there and get the two best players on the field but i dexter just doesn't look as natural as a three technique he very clearly is going to be a nose tackle in this league yeah and I think that you just you cut your losses and you accept that this year you don't have a three tech. I mean, yeah. like I think we knew it coming in, and I think that you push the development of Dexter and say we're going to make you as good a, as a one technique or nose tackle as as you can be. Like there's a there's a really good three technique that plays for Illinois this year that I'm kind of hoping might sneak into the second round for the Bears. You're a big uh, Newton fan, yeah. I, th- I think he's going to be a stud. I, I th- and he's a good. defense like this, I think he'd, he'd fit really well. Yeah. I, he's yeah. also super There's some good ones in the big time. There's some good defensive linemen, especially oh, yeah. interior defensive linemen. There's good um, ones Michigan across fan. the whole. This is the best defensive tackle class I've seen in a long time. If you're a Michigan fan, you definitely know about Chris Jenkins. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think he'll be eligible, but my goodness, I don't know if you saw what Mason Graham did along that defensive line for Michigan, but he was oh, that I was didn't a, do, I an didn't unbelievable performance. Yeah, I Chris think he's Jenkins. a sophomore, so I don't think. But Chris Jenkins is is well known, and I think he'll be he'll go probably first round. I think guys, I have you, wow, first round. You think for he's Chris better Jenkins? than Mazi? Chris Jenkins? Yeah. I think that he's um, – I think Mozzie kind of crept up the board a little bit. I think that Chris Jenkins is a little bit more solidified in that. So I think he, he probably will. The only thing for him is that it, this is really a really loaded defensive line class. I mean, we're talk we're talking, you know, Jerzon Newton. You're talking, um, you know, Chris Jenkins, Gabe Hall from Baylor, Leonard Taylor, uh both Ohio State defensive tackles, both the Clemson defensive tackles. I mean, this is going to be uh, crazy. Tavondre Sweat, dude, that, that dude is a monster. That guy, that dude's going to be a a real problem. Um, I think he'll probably end up in a 
in a fourth in a sorry a three four at nose tackle, but um, man, there's some good defensive linemen in this class. Oh, definitely are. It's, I mean, it's been like as far as the past three years, as far as just kind of like an average skill across the board and defensive line, we've had some really solid, really solid prospects come out. Yeah, I you know what this year I think you don't have as many high-end prospects at that edge position, but I still think this is going to be a deep edge class. Um, You know, Jared Verse, Chop Robinson, I'm just such a big fan of. Um, You know he plays without gloves? (laughs) Man man is a savage. Plays without gloves. (laughs) What the hell? When have you seen a defensive lineman play without gloves? (laughs) Jesus. Back in the day, you just did the finger tape, right? I mean, that was yeah. a big thing back in yeah, the day. True. Rest in peace, uh, Dick Butkus. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't mentioned that. Rest in peace, Dick Butkus, absolute Bears legend. Um, Twitter legend, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. True. Really, really came on to that later on. Um. All right. Getting back to it. Linebacker. This one's easy. Bears. No bears, no bears. Is did we get an update on Tremaine Edmonds? Is he okay? I don't know. We well, I could tell you more if um, if Ibrafus didn't make it clear that he's addressing all injuries tomorrow. Uh, he didn't have any updates for anyone <laughs> yesterday. No updates. <laughs> so no updates for anyone. <laughs> uh, that's my response to anyone that's asking why we didn't have a post game episode this past week. No update. <laughs> no. <laughs> you say it again? <laughs> what was that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No update. <laughs> oh, man. The way that yeah, he can word vomit at times is, is insane. That man was bred to be a coach in his vernacular. Um, cornerback. Yeah. Corner. I'll, I'll take the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Very clearly for me. Even injured. The the DBs on this Vikings <laughs> team are fucking horrible. They're so Give me bad. Terrell Smith over all of them. <laughs> he would be their cornerback one. I'm not even playing, man. They they are that bad. Couldn't even Greg Strowman would state. start for them too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I don't know. Some people love Harrison Smith, though, as far as safeties moving forward, like moving to the next. We talk about secondary overall. Like you, you think he makes a Hall of Fame? He's had a nice long career. I don't I know. To like me, you, he might sneak in. I don't know. To me, he hasn't screamed Hall of Famer. I could see it though. I could see it. I don't think he's like a must, you know, must put in or like has to be first ballot, but. He kind of had like a Patrick Peterson career where he was always like end of the top five. To me, that's not a great endorsement yeah. for him, though. Yeah. Because I've hated I the know. I, I wish Patrick Peterson had, would have just retired at this point. I don't like yeah. watching the end of his career because he was a different player when he was on the like young and on the Cardinals. Like then, totally. like, like, yes, like love watching him play. Now I'm like, you're old and slow. <laughs> yeah. Is he playing on it? Is he on the Steelers? For- I feel like he might be. Yeah, Patrick he's Pierce. rostered. I know he's uh, he's on one of those AFC North teams for sure. I know it. Um, yeah, Steelers. Yep. That's so weird. <laughs> um, 
All right, safety. For me, it's the Bears, especially if Eddie's back, even without Eddie. Let me I, say I, this, though. I, yeah. I'll give. I'll go Bears, too. Jaquan Brisker. Do you have to take a step back and, and say, are we actually really impressed, though? I like him. I like yeah. his game. I think last year I was a lot more high on him than I am now. I kind of take a – like, I sit back and I'm like, I don't know. I don't I think thought he's he'd be been, more impactful. I don't think he's been optimized as well this year because of the injuries in the in the backfield. Um, like I, I I just feel like he like there's a lot of times where and like I I've been on Eberflus for this for weeks where somehow we're not blitzing but our safety is playing man coverage. Like he's he's <laughs> on multiple third downs when playing man coverage and I'm like that's just not using brisker the best um he is versatile i mean he did play corner in college for a little bit he's played both safety positions but it seems like when it seems like the coaching staff is trying to use his versatility a lot right now rather than optimize where he plays the best um just because of that but yeah i i agree with you i want to see him play a little more downhill I want to see him not get injured every game for a couple snaps. Um, yeah. Get an interception. Obviously, he had that Tampa Bay interception on the first pass of the game that he should have got. Um, Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I like Brisker I mean, though. Brisker, I really view as as a as a building block for this team. See, okay, that's where I'm like, I don't know if I see him. I see him as a good, a a really good player. But I'm like, can you? Is he like a strong foundational piece of this defense? And I'm like, I'm, I think I'm back and forth on it. But I think that what you said probably does give him a bit of justice as far as they've had to compensate a little bit more for a lot of the early injuries along the defensive backfield. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, even if he's like an Adrian Amos, Freddie Jackson, I think, which. I know that Eddie Jackson Bears had fans, his best years with Amos, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I, I know that Bears fans are not going to be happy with this, but it's. I, I think that this team definitely needs to draft at least some sort of not a replacement, but someone to grow underneath Eddie Jackson this next draft. My ideal pick would be Kalen Bullock because I think that their play styles align pretty well, um, and I I just I really think that as much as I love Eddie Jackson and I think that when he's been healthy, he's played well. His health has just been really, really difficult. And it, and it's, I mean, he has a fat contract and he's been unhealthy for like the majority of the past three seasons. Um, for real. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's the reality of it. I think that. Do you think Eddie Jackson makes a Hall of Fame? No. I don't think so either. But he's a, he's a three-time All-Pro, I think. Okay. And that, it, yeah, <laughs> part one of the best defenses. Of, yeah, his high, his high was just so high. One no, of the, it was I, like, incredible. I'd put it against any almost any safety of like our generation. His like peak. What do you consider our generation? Well, like, uh, well, I'm just gonna say like, all right, maybe that's too broad. Um, I'll say over the past like fifteen years. Okay, got it. 
Yeah, I'm glad that we can nap up like the tail end of like all those elite safeties that retired. Yeah. Like, Palu <laughs> Malu, Ed Reed, you know, Dawkins. <laughs> why? Why is it that safeties just are not as elite now? Is it? Do you think it's just the way the games change, where safeties mm-hmm. play a lot less downhill? Yeah, I can't take can't take a receiver's head off anymore, man. Like, true. There's a lot of people. That noti- there's a lot of people that notably said that like they'd rather get hit by Earl Acker than like Ed Reed coming downhill. Or like yeah. Palomalu coming downhill just because it's just different. Yeah. You know? Man, that makes me think of the one of the most, you know, former Bears player, Major Wright, that iconic hit when he was a Florida Gator against the Sooners yeah. in the national championship. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Oh my God. I thought you were gonna say uh Chris Conti? <laughs> yes, that's what yeah. <laughs> Bears legend Chris Conte. <laughs> oh man, too funny, too funny. What's, he, what's right. he doing these days? Well, he was on the Buccaneers back. All right, now I feel old. now I feel like we've been doing this forever because I remember shitting on him when he was on the Buccaneers back in 2018. Gotcha. Yeah, doesn't look doesn't look like he's doing anything right now. Yeah, but. he was on the Buccaneers in 2018, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, I know. I know he was definitely on the Buccaneers. Here, I'll pull up his player profile. Here, I'll look at his Wikipedia. stats. I think he ended his career as a Buccaneer. His last picture on here is in that Buccaneers uniform, man. I just remember what he was beautiful. playing on like prime time one night, um, and and. Uh, he he misses horrible horrible tackle or he got mossed or something i can't remember and everyone's like why is chris conti still in the nfl like is that the same chris conti honestly i'm tired this nfl site sucks so just i'm going to leave that <laughs> yeah as All it right. is no more chris conti talk i guess we'll <laughs> never know <laughs> oh man all right game plan what do the Bears need to do to win the game? I'll yeah, give you think, the first one. Oh yeah, sure. just Getzy, call your same game. You know, just make the logical play calls that you did. It, last game was nothing, nothing special, nothing like too pretty, but he just called made logical play calls all game long. Yeah, no, I think that's a good one. I think too, with the game plans got to shift a little bit. I think. Notably, I don't think we talked about this defensive coordinator of the Vikings, Brian Flores. Someone that is pretty good at coordinating defenses in the time of it, in his time in the league, um, yeah. definitely well regarded for that. I think he's gonna certainly game plan on taking away DJ Moore. I think Mooney has to have a pretty big game. I think Cole Komet has to keep doing what he's doing. Um, so I think that's big, especially with how beat up they are at running back. So I think in the passing game, some of these players that we haven't seen have monster games yet so far are definitely gonna have to make their impact felt so i think that's definitely on the offensive side of the ball you know they're gonna have to find a way to get multiple players involved you know make the vikings defense kind of have to account for everybody ultimately yeah on defense i i think you really really have to find a way to get to Kirk cousins um you know the, these Vikings wide receivers aren't that good. Like the, at least the ones that are that are here. Obviously Addison, big play threat. But like you need to just get not don't let Cousins sit in the pocket. You need to get at least disruption. 
Uh, you need to continue on that sack track. One thing that I also want to add in before throwing it back to you to see if you have any 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 more insight. Um, I I think that it it's not a surprise to me though that you know in this past game Washington when, when Washington started coming back the Bears actually put them away because I I think the since the running backs were so injured they kept the ball in Justin's hands which is like one of our biggest criticisms of Getsy that always costs us games is that he gets way too conservative way too quickly. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, which, I mean, that exactly harkens back to what you said earlier. Like, got to keep the foot on the gas um, and, and execute the way that they did, uh, you know, throughout the whole Commanders game. I think, you know, for defensively against the Vikings, you know, Kirk Cousins, not like he has a lot on the year, but he's got four interceptions on the year. Let's find a way to, to pick him off, too. Let's get, let's get yeah. you know, one or two turnovers in this game. Um, and definitely, I think that'll help jumpstart everything. If the offense is struggling a little bit, I think that'll help get them back in the right rhythm, you know, put them in some beneficial field position. Um, but I'm not overly concerned about the defense. Of course, I'd say, yeah, get pressure on Cousins. That's probably one of the main things that I'm worried about. Um, but I'm not, you know, not having Jefferson does make me worry a little less. I would say, you know, Let's say that the injury report comes out and, you know, maybe like, you know, Jalen Johnson can't make it or the secondary's not going to fully recover to the way we think. And Justin Jefferson was playing, then I'd definitely be stressing out. Um, I still feel like the secondary is going to be challenged with KJ Osborne and Jordan Addison, if I'm being honest. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a challenge too big, personally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's what do you got? Prediction. Yeah. What do you got, Austin? Uh, you know what? I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna spice it up a little bit. You know, yeah. I'm broken from my handcuffs. Exactly. I said I wouldn't predict the win until they won one, and they're finally won one. So the handcuffs are broken. <sighs> so I'm gonna go crazy again. Um, <laughs> I'm going, and I also am now fully convinced that the issue was Chase Claypool all along because we did literally Clearly. nothing. But- but lose. Clearly. It is hilarious. The game before and like the game after we get rid of them. <laughs> we're winning again. We're looking great. Um all right. Bears. 31. Vikings 27. Okay, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I think we get over 30 again. This no, Vikings defense against the pass is as bad as the past two teams we've played. Yes. I, I don't think the Vikings defense doesn't scare me too much. I, man, I, this is such a difficult pick for me because I like, well, we stay in tune with the bears. I wish that I was like more in tune with the Vikings just to get like the overall vibe, you know, cause I'd be like, I would think expectations are higher they're coming out. They're going to be pushing for a win. Um, this is a tough one, man. We're, we're going with a tie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going with uh, Vikings. Vikings 34, Bears 31. I think that the Soldier wow. Field, the Soldier Field losing streak continues on. Wow. Um, yeah, I. It's splitting hairs in this one. I'm honestly, I, I think that I'm going to be proven wrong. But in the back of my head, I have this like 
slip back, you know, to the aggression to the mean, you know, in my head. That's what I have a little bit here. So Okay. I think that they I think that the offense is gonna continue to play strong though. The Bears really they should be able to win this game though. Don't get me wrong. Like this is the time to have it. Like Justin Jefferson's not gonna be playing. Um they should be able to pull it out. I don't know. We're yeah. talking about the Bears here. So. No confidence. <laughs> no confidence yet. Yeah. All right. I have a little bit of confidence in the offense. Um, I need to – the offense has proven it to me the past couple of weeks. We got we got one good defensive performance, so I need to see another one, and then, then I'll be a little bit more in on them. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> so that this last game was the first game Matt Eberflus ever allowed less than 25 points, correct? I think so. Stunning. Or at least at least since the start of that 14 game losing streak for Stunning. sure. Stunning. Stunning. Um I I want to bring up a last question before we kill it. Do you think that it's good that we're getting better? Or do you think that we should just <laughs> Well, that's that's a nice loaded question. Do you think right, it's start the podcast over? Just, we're, we're, yeah. we're, <laughs> Or, um, do you think we're or we're putting ourselves back for the from the inevitable? I'm torn. Which on is it. that? Which is I'm that? torn on. I'm torn on it. I'm torn on it. I think that I'm really happy for Fields. I think he's finally getting. I think that's what's going to pull me out of it. As far as if they kind of keep staying on this track, and because I think realistically they can get some wins. But I still, I think it's going to be like too little, too late to be a playoff team. Like I feel like they'll still drop yeah. enough games to probably not make the playoffs if they stay on the same trajectory. So I'm really hoping because that, like I mentioned before earlier, and this is kind of like I was hitting at this point where it's like best case scenario is Justin Fields works out and we're once again we're trading for assets or we're just getting complimentary players drafting absolute best player available What's the best player available Caleb Williams but you know beyond that you know besides not needing a quarterback at the same time though I don't think my opinion on the coaching staff has changed now yeah. so I think the spinoff question is that can it be Justin Fields or the coaching staff or is it Justin Fields and the coaching staff and we do a hard restart What's it going to be? Because I think that everyone tries to make this whole thing seem like it's Caleb Williams against Justin Fields. It's not. It's not. That's not the full issue here. The full issue is, like, can we once again, even to, like, you know, Justin Fields' own sanity and his ability to play a game, do we switch it up with another coaching staff and say, okay, buddy, like, learn this now. We're doing this, but we still believe in you, and we're running it back with a new coaching staff, like, this isn't the guy that Ryan Poles drafted, so yeah. the tie is not there. Um, I'm know. I'm gonna be honest right now. Like I again, I'm torn too because I've already declared that uh, this coaching staff is unable to win a Super Bowl and unable to win playoff games. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I think back to the Matt Nagy era more so in like 2019 ish when we were doing this podcast and we hit a certain point where like Matt Nagy is the issue. And then that stumbled on for two more years and we got convinced in stretches that, Hey, maybe this is a good team, you know, like, Hey, maybe they can pull it together. But 
it's hard to not have PTSD here. And let's be honest, this coaching staff has shown less. Like with Nagy, at least, he he was coach of the year. I mean, he took this team to a playoff game that, in all honesty, they should have won. And He's in the playoffs twice. Now, the other time he didn't have a, a winning Yeah, record, that time was but, embarrassing. But Yeah. But um, once again, that strung him on for too long. He should have been gone after that year, too. Should have known. Yeah. Should've only known. had one losing season. Not a lot yeah. of winning seasons, but only one losing. <laughs> what did he start out? He started out with like a winning record, then they lost six in a row, and then they ended up lo- winning the last three to go eight and eight like, yeah. in his final year. <laughs> like, how moronic, man. That's just stupid. That's when they No, that's when they snuck into the playoffs. Oh, that's when it was? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because the Cardinals, two teams lost, and somehow the Bears got it. Like, what the fuck? Oh, man. That that was an era. I listen, I I am happy we're winning because I mean they needed it. I mean, like this team would just be like broken. Like and let's be honest here, like there's no guarantee you land Caleb. And like even so, even the promised quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence, they, they at times they don't work out. And, like, I'm not – I have full confidence in Caleb. I think he's the best quarterback. But, like, if Justin Fields is good, that's the best-case scenario. If Justin Fields is an all-pro quarterback, that's the best-case scenario. And if he can keep on the trajectory he has – listen to this. He'll be the – if he keeps on this trajectory, he will be the first quarterback ever, ever, okay? Think about all the quarterbacks to have a season where they rushed for 1,000 yards and thrown for over 40 touchdowns. That would be – ridiculous and that would all automatically vault him to the front of the conversation of players like Lamar Jackson of players like Michael Vick who are legends in the NFL maybe not Lamar Jackson to this point but Mike Vick certainly a legend um no I mean Lamar Jackson he had the MVP so yeah off there Cam Newton same deal it, if just yeah yeah if Justin Fields gets to for, I mean, if Justin Fields gets 40 touchdowns, you're not replacing him. There's very few quarterbacks to ever do that. I'm not saying he will. I mean, to, let's be honest here. I don't know if that's the trajectory of this team just to keep up this pace. But what I can say is, like, I do think that there are – there's definitely a benefit to winning. And the other aspect about this is, like, Let's not forget that the we still have the Panthers pick. And it doesn't seem like the Panthers are going to be doing a lot of losing. And that's one of the best things about having another team's pick, especially a bad team, is that you can just continue to win and and not worry as much about the draft capital because you have that extra draft capital there. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me is worrying about the coaching staff. I think to this point, to be honest, the only amount of success we've ever seen from this team has been on offense. And I think as much as I think Luke Getzey's flawed, I think he has a better he has a better uh resume for being the head coach of this team than Matt Eberflus does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can give uh Eberflus credit of putting Getzey on his staff, but even that hasn't been without its own letdowns and failures. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to get behind a, a coach that has lost fourteen straight, like period. You know, <laughs> and and let the other thing that I'm gonna say is I have a little bit of a, 
I, I have a little bit of a conspiracy that there there's a reason why Eberflus isn't hiring a defensive coordinator. If if they fire Eberflus, who's running this freaking defense, man? <laughs> like it it's gonna be not that the Bears have had in you know in season firings frequently. But, I mean, there are some candidates out there, like, for instance, Lovey Smith, who would just make per- perfect sense to be hired as a defensive coordinator. Um, the scheme relation, uh, the connection that Iberflus has to Lovey, um, you know, the connection that the franchise has to Lovey, I think that that would just be the common sense move. And who knows? And it's also hilarious that the Bears, like literally, the Bears says, like their uh, press conference of this Monday said, Chicago Bears looking to hire senior defensive assistant. This isn't LinkedIn. Why? Why are we like? Why are the Bears like announcing their job postings? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> this is, what? He's like, well, you know, I looked over. I had plenty of resumes come through on Indeed, and I've been looking them over. You know, he's like, thankfully they have a really good software where they just, you know, kind of weed out a lot of people for me. I don't have to look over uh, over too many of them. You know? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Matt, are you are you using LinkedIn? Uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> Say that again. What's that? <laughs> All right, man, but. With that, guys, uh, broken free from our handcuffs. One win in the past 15 weeks. Parade was amazing. Statues are being built currently. Can't get any better for this franchise. Yeah. Won a glorious FedEx field against one of the most storied teams in the NFL. I mean, all jokes aside, they do have some good history, but the most storied team in the NFL, Washington Commanders. Might even change your name again. Who knows? But here we are. Got a chance to stack another W up there. Vikings week. Here we come. Extra bit of rest. Make it happen. That's their competitive advantage. You never know what name you're going to face. You never know what jerseys you're going to face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much. And bear down. Bear down. Hey, leave us a rating and review too, please. We need more. We've slowed down on that. Yeah, it's communism. I mean, I mean, it's a pure RPO is the purest form of communism. I mean.